welcome to Pierce Podcast. I'm Mike. And this is Orlando, and this is episode 299. Whoa, 299. Yeah. And we're recording this before the sun's even up. That's right. Early. This is probably the <laughs> earliest Orlando's ever been up in his entire life. Dedicated, though. Dedicated. That's right. Getting, getting, we, we do it because, uh, because we love you guys, and we're trying to, uh, we're trying to make sure that we get this content out and uh, it's a Wednesday morning. We're like, we got to get our Wednesday episode up. I know. Uh, so we're going to be recording early. And so if we're a little off our game, you know, be, be, forgive us, give us a little bit of grace here. But uh, yeah, today's an update episode. We love our update episodes. This is where we get a chance to talk about the things that's going on in our life with reselling, uh, some crazy reselling stories, reselling news, and then give you some hot bolo. So make sure to stick around to the end uh, so that you get all of the juicy Things that you should be juicy. buying and selling and flipping in order to make that cash. Juicy, juicy is a that's an interesting way to phrase it. I gotta that's say, right. this early maybe because it's early. So, all right. So, hey, uh, I'll start off with you know this has been and before I say this, before I do, I always hate it when people do that when they're about to say something. They're like, but, but wait, yeah, it's the it's the worst. But I have to do this because I'm one of those resellers. I'm just like a lot of you where. I hate it when, you know, I, I'm talking about sales are down or somebody else says sales are down and somebody goes, well, I'm having a great month. Mm. It's like, well, la di da, like, you know, kind of like I, I'm happy for you, but it's, it's kind of one of those, those like you're, you, you know, something bad happens to you. And then somebody goes in, Hey, by the way, though, I just won the lottery. Mm. It's like, okay, I understand. So you're jealous. Yeah, maybe maybe that's the phrase you, you want to celebrate say. when other people I, are celebrating. I understand there's a time and place, but there's also a time for empathy to be like, yeah, things are kind of rough. Uh, things have been good for me, but yeah, I get it. Things are kind of rough. And right now, everything I'm seeing on on YouTube and and you know on social media is that sales are down. Right? People are saying, hey, they're down ten percent, twenty percent. For people are saying thirty uh, percent. A lot of people are are uber concerned. So I understand that, and that's where I was late may early june remember i had talked about i don't know if i can go on another six 12 months like this mm, maybe yeah. it's, it's time to roll out you were, you were in panic stage and i people, was people kind of called you out for the fact that you're like there's no summer slowdown man things are really slow I know, I know. and so you know i if, if you've been catching our last few episodes i told mike i'm gonna work hard i'm gonna make this happen i don't care my only options are to make it or to make it and i've had the best month since the summer of covid now we're going to get, you know, shadow banned on our YouTube because I brought in the word, but, <laughs> but, uh, it, it's been insane. And when I, when I say that is if you guys remember, there was that time right after the first stimulus check and the second stimulus check where sales were insane. I, I mean, they were better than even Q4 sales. And that's what this month has been. Now there's a lot of things that played into that. First of all is. I started listing like I've never had before in the sense that I had a number, I had a goal of about for myself, uh, 25 is a lot. And, you know, and generally I'm about a 10 to 15 kind of guy and, and not only 25, but 25 quality items. So I wasn't just, you know, listing, you know, a bunch of smalls just to try to trigger the algorithm. And so I had a lot of sourcing opportunities that kind of fell into place. Now I always, say there's no such thing as luck. And I do believe there's no such thing as luck. I think when you have consistent drive to do something that eventually opportunities will fall into place. And so I had a few sourcing opportunities that just ended up turning out really well. I had, I had talked about all the hunting gear that I picked up for about 75 bucks. And so that ended up bringing about 200 pieces 
right? And then I had another opportunity where I picked up a bunch of rain spooner. And I have another opportunity, I'll talk about this later on, where I just had a bunch of vintage stuff that I was able to pick up. So I constantly had the opportunity to source. And so that allowed me to keep listing. Uh, on top of that, I wasn't stingy as far as taking offers. Now, there are times, I got to tell you, I don't know if it's people that, you know, don't like us that listen to the podcast. I don't know who it is, but you always get, we always get those crazy, like the other day I got a, an item that's going to cost about $40 to ship. And they said, uh, would you do 35 free shipping? I'm like, come on now. Like, no, I'm not, I'm not doing that. I just messaged back and said, LOL, I have to make some profit. So here's, here's what I can land at. You said LOL on eBay? I did. I did. Cause oh, it was, man. I was trying to be, you know, instead of taking a personal and be mad about it, I kind of laughed about it and just said, LOL. I have See, to I don't know if somebody's going to take that as like a, as like a, Hey, they're, they're, they're being funny with this. I think if, if I ask somebody and they laughed, like imagine, imagine if you're, if you're at a, at a garage sale and you're like, would you do 15 for this? And they just start laughing in your face. You'd be like, well, like, this person really? deserved it because they knew they knew that they were trying to get something for more than free because it was going to cost me a negative like ten dollars to, to, to sell it. So, you know, that's why I'm not saying they didn't deserve it. I'm just saying, like, you know, customer service wise, that might have been a little bit iffy. Yeah, but the person because who knows what so, if they buy you your know. cheapest item in your store and then give you a negative feedback just because. Oh, don't oh, don't give people ideas. I'm here. just saying so. The other thing is what I'm noticing and uh, auction professor, I think he had a video a few, a few weeks back. If you haven't checked it out, you should check him out. He's, he's super knowledgeable. He had mentioned, you know, his store, he has like 30,000 items and he had talked about how his items are basically recession proof, but he sells collectibles. And I never thought about that, that collectibles could be something that will still do well through a recession based on what it is it has to be something that obviously people that even if we go or if we are in a recession they're still going to have money to buy things right they're not going to you know say hey I, I can't afford this slot car or this hot wheel or this whatever it is hey, i almost look at it like there's middle middle class uh collectible items the things that like the everyday person who's like yeah i'm into this or that, you know, Pokemon cards or video or, games. or like Funko. And yeah. Stuff like like that. The, the yeah. thing that like the, those, that group of people are probably going to be hit a little bit harder during a recession. Mm -hmm. But if it's like museum quality pieces or something like that, or something that's like really, really fancy, if it's, if it's something that would be going to somebody in the higher upper class, uh, yeah, they're, they're probably not affected and impacted as, as much. So sure. I would, I would imagine that collectible items in that sense could still be very profitable. Yeah. So I've had, all kinds of Hot Wheel items, vintage toys, uh, vintage clothing. And it's just been, it's, it's as if everything's fine. You know, I have somebody in England drop about $300 on Hot Wheels. Hmm. And I'm like, right now, that that is like the last thing I would spend my money on. Yeah. Right. And so I'm not going to complain. I, You know, it, it's just something to think about because I I think the the episode that we did about, you know, how to sell in a recession, I had been more leaning towards the utility route. Like buy stuff that, you know, and source things that are something that people are going to need for work or, you know, something that they could utilize. And again, our episode was based on research. It was based on looking at what, you know, news articles had stated, what was on social media in 08, 09. I mean, there, I spent hours looking that up. And the reason I say that is because I'm seeing a lot of people right now that have never resold in a, in a recession have, have were just became resellers in the last three, four years 
dishing out advice about these are items that do well in a recession and they're just basing it on on recent metrics they're just basing it on you know their experience during uh covid and so on and i'm like ah that's that's kind of dangerous you're you're and so i want to warn you guys i'm not saying we are the end all of truth i that's not what i'm telling you but i'm saying be careful because i don't think there's a lot of people out there that really know I would say people like Craigslist Hunter know, Amazing Taste Store, uh, those individuals that actually weathered the storm and were resellers, they know. And, you know, the, the news data that showed up about, you know, what sold well in the what sold well in the recession of 08 and 01 and so on, that's more reliable than somebody who has a huge following that's never been through this and just was reselling, you know, in the last few years saying, hey, this is what sells well. Like, mm-hmm. ah, that's that's kind of tricky. I would say even auction professor falls into that because again, his whole discussion of what sells well in a recession, he's been reselling for a long time. So there's a lot of people out there. So I would look to them if you're looking at non-research backed information about what to sell during this time. And then the last thing I want to talk about was garage sales continue to be great. Mm-hmm. And I th- I think it's just because people are just trying to get a little bit of extra cash here in there. You know, they're not, maybe they're not struggling because, you know, these people that are selling, they're really nice collectibles for cheap. Like they obviously have some kind of money to buy those collectibles, but they're also, they're willing to let it, let it go. Right. They're, they're okay with it. And so, yeah, I go to garage sales, I'll spend, you know, 70, 80 bucks and turn that into five to $600, sometimes a thousand dollars, all depending on what it is. And so it's, it's been, it's been interesting. And so every Saturday, uh, even this uh, 4th of July weekend, I'm just going to go out there because I do think these opportunities, I I don't know how long they're going to be there. And I don't want to get into a place where I have to find other avenues to source because people just eventually don't have stuff to put out there anymore. So that's kind of where I'm at. How about you? How are things? Uh, Pretty good. So just got back from uh, my Arizona vacation, which was uh, super nice. I went to Arizona. My um, my mom's husband is there right now. He's got a, he's renting a place because he's building a a, a shields in um, in a place in Arizona, and so he travels for work and he's there for a while. So we went. He's got a pool, and so we were were there. My mom came, and uh, it was it was really neat because we got to spend some time with family. But then also, uh, based off our Patreon, I got I mentioned going to the the Arizona vacation, and we had a few people in our Patreon say. Hey, I live in Arizona. Here's some thrift stores you should check out. Yeah, I saw which that. that's super helpful. It's like one of the reasons why our Patreon is so great. And we'll talk more about that in a little bit. But um, our our Discord on the Discord, we had some people kind of reach out, and so uh, I wasn't in an area to hit up like the really good ones, but I, I I was able to get some some clues on where I should be looking. Some good thrift stores, and I tell you, I get I guess I've gotten so used to going to kind of the big chain thrift stores, like the the yeah. store that should not be named Goodwill uh salvation army those kinds of places and there are a couple of hole in the wall thrift stores around where we live but they're they're not great at all they're they're not great here but when you go to other places a lot of times it's the smaller thrift stores that you just notice that they sell different kinds of things now it's still a thrift store so you get that smell when you go in and then there's the used clothes racks and then there's the books and that kind of stuff but then you walk by the counters and there's different pocket knives and Zippo lighters and really? other things like that. And you're like, Oh yeah, I don't see this stuff at Goodwills. And so it gives you like a new like perspective. Oh, I need to check this stuff out. Or man, this is such a cool, a cool niche that I haven't been able to really examine more because of the thrift stores I've been going to. Uh, so it was really neat to kind of see some different things. 
And then also, um, because I was there with my wife, my mom was watching our two kids. Uh, she has a different eye than I do too when we're, we're sourcing. So I'm looking at my normal stuff and and we've done really well with the craft things. Like uh, what are the the needlework? What oh, do we the, call those things? The, the cello, uh, uh, needlepoint. Yeah. There's stitch work. Stitch work. Yeah, those things. Yeah, yeah. We, we've sold those things before and they've done really well. Um, we've talked about them on the podcast before. Cross stitch. Cross stitch, that's what it is. Uh, so we, she spent a little bit of time though in that section and man, we, we scored pretty good. We picked up quite a few things and it was really interesting just to see that, and this is a whole niche that we haven't really spent a lot of time in a little bit dabbled here and there, but like anything, like it's easy to walk past those parts of their stores. Cause you're like, Oh, there's yarn and some, some needles and mm. random paints and, and patterns for sewing. And unless you know what you're looking for, it's kind of like, I'm not going to dig through a bunch of yarn to find something that's worth money. But you spend a little bit of time there, kind of like I talked about a couple episodes ago about spending some time in the glassware section, and you can find some decent profit. And it's like, wow, this is this is an area we should spend a little bit more time. Uh, so it was really neat to be in a different kind of thrift store, see things we haven't seen in a long time, and be able to pick up stuff. Y you, you know, it's like our thrift stores, they're just hit so hard by resellers. Oh, we it, it, we're swamped. Yeah, it's it's brutal. And there, I'm, I'm sure it's the same. I'm sure there's resellers everywhere you go. However, it's like a different market. And so people are looking for different stuff. If you're in a smaller town, you're going to a smaller thrift store, it's probably not hit as hard. Or there's maybe a few uh, resellers going there and they're going after their niche. And so things that you are looking for, other things might be completely untouched. And so we yeah. were able to score on some shoes. We were able to score on some craft stuff we were able to score on some books and it, it was just like man this we wouldn't have done this well in any of the thrift stores in san diego and it was just kind of cool to see that and maybe it's just coming at it with a different perspective a different eye you know than than what i'm normally looking for that could have been part of it um or it's just location i don't know what it was but it's fun to be able to make an i wouldn't say it was enough profit to pay for the whole trip but to at least pay for the gas there and back plus mm -hmm. some of the food you know, so. Oh, I love it when that happens. It's super. It, it's great. And then I'm I'm not saying you could write the whole thing off. You got to be careful with your taxes because the whole thing wasn't a, a business trip. However, there's parts of the trip that now become tax deductible. And okay. so that's super beneficial, too. So make sure you're doing that. Take take advantage. We, we didn't spend a lot of time. We only went to a couple thrift stores, probably a little over an hour. So if you're on vacation, what's an hour? You spend an hour waiting in line for a ride if you're at an amusement park. So what's what's an hour of your vacation? Say, hey, let's stop at a couple thrift stores, make a couple rounds, and maybe make enough money to pay for a good portion of this trip. So uh, it was it was awesome. I was excited to do it. And it's always good when I get a chance to do it with my wife. We've gone a few times as a family, but it's different when you go with multiple kids. Yeah. And you're trying to, yeah. to source with kids. But this time it was like we could actually both of us source together. And that's what's fun, too, is then I come around a corner and I'm like, look what I found. And she's like, look what I found. And we get to compare notes. And so uh, it was a lot of fun. And uh, yeah, I enjoyed it. So if you're traveling, make sure you're hitting up different thrift stores. And um, one of the things I'll mention, too, uh, I'll throw the plug in right now for our Patreon and our Discord. So it, it was great to be able to get that advice from people. And, and I see it all the time in our Discord. So our Discord is a group, a community of people who um, are supporting Parasol Podcast. It's five fifty five a month to join our Patreon. You get access to our Discord, and inside of the Discord, this community of people who are talking together, uh, they're they're sharing tips, they're asking questions, 
Uh, but it's such a, 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 a small but tight community that it's easy to say, hey, does anybody live in the Pittsburgh area? I'm going to be traveling. I see it happen all the time. And people are like, yeah, check out this thrift store. Or go to this place. Mm-hmm. And people are more willing to give up because we're not a 10,000 group bolo group that's saying, hey, go to Target and buy this item. But it's like, hey, if you're in my area, I'm probably not going to be at the thrift store at the same time you are. Hey, check this one out. This place is really good. Or or I know you sell these types of things. There's a person I know in this area that that has a bunch of that. You should you know, hook up with them and I'll give you their information. And so definitely check out our, our discord. It's been super helpful. Uh, I think like Orlando said, like you've made a bunch of money just off of tips and tricks and things <laughs> people have given you. So. People have said stuff and next thing you know, I'm either sourcing or I, I found a different way to ship things yeah. or whatever it is. It's that's even, a good packing tip. Yeah, exactly. yeah it's, it's, been, it's been again. And there are experts in there that we never planned it to be that way. Yeah. Right. So there's I mean, we have one person who bought a, a storage unit and I, I would consider them their and the antiquities dealer because the stuff they keep selling and I'm just learning. As I'm looking at what they're selling, I'm like amazed and I'm learning why to go to auction houses. Why not? I mean, there's just a lot of information in there. And again, I know I don't want to go on too long, but I feel that the, you know, a lot of people have said, oh, 555, like you guys are just trying to make money. I'm like, no, it's not. It's not about. I Yeah, I, I would say there is a component of making money. OK, we but there's the other component to me, which was the greater reason was the idea of, hey. We want to make sure that people have a buy-in, that they see the value in that. They're and invested that, in the group. Correct. And so everyone's in there. Every comment that's in there. We've never had to moderate anything. We've never had to kick anyone out. We've never had to tell anybody like, whoa, whoa, take it easy. Like that hasn't happened. Instead, it's been consistent value brought by everybody in the discord so if you haven't joined us yet just go on over patreon.com slash pierce the podcast link is below just 18 cents a day and you will easily make that money back whether it be through reselling or just in knowledge so or community having some people oh yeah the community too i mean that's the other thing is you know reselling is a solitary process and there's plenty of people out there that if we're all you know together in the discord then no one's solitary that's right so all right well Hey, uh, I'm glad. I, I hope, you know, I'm going to talk about this later, but I'm I'm going on a trip too. And uh, I haven't had the experience you've had. So I'm hoping that'll be the case. Yeah. <laughs> so we'll see what happens. All right. You got any random stories? Uh, a couple of, of ones. One thing that I never, this hasn't happened to me before. And so maybe this is something that most resellers are, are used to. Maybe I've gotten a couple, but never almost tricked before. So I was sitting on the the porch the other day with my wife and I get an eBay notification and it's an offer. I'm like, oh, sweet. And I look at it and it was something that was on like, it was up for like 20 bucks and the offer was for like 17. And I was like, oh, that's like a decent, you know, I'll I'll take that, whatever. So I almost hit the the review offer and I was about to hit accept. And then I'm looking at the item and I'm like, I don't remember sourcing that. What, What is that? Oh, wait a minute. This is a seller sending me an offer. Oh, so I almost I've ex- had that happen. Too. I've almost accepted an offer nice. that I thought that I was I was the seller, but it turns out that it was the seller sending me an offer. So I actually received an offer, and uh, and it was just kind of funny to think that I got excited for a moment. So be careful uh, when you get an offer because you might not be the one uh, selling the item; you might be the one buying the item, and then you'd have to be do that awkward thing of, "Hey, can you cancel this? Uh, I didn't mean to buy it." And then you're that customer and they're like, oh, you didn't mean to buy it. Huh? You weird. accidentally hit the button. So, yeah. So that was one. And then the other one is 
as a reseller, obviously you you are probably, I'm probably speaking to at least 90% of our listeners when I say as a reseller, you're also probably somewhat frugal in your life that reselling has changed the way you you buy things oh, the way you I would think so. the way you spend money all of those things because you have a different outlook on economics you have a different outlook on money and so that's how I am and I needed to get new speakers in my car because my car speakers were like going out and it's a you know I think that my car is 23 years old now at this point so it's an old car and I was like all right I could take this in and pay someone a bunch of money to do it or I could do it myself I'm gonna buy some speakers off of Amazon for 50 bucks and I'm doing this job myself Easy peasy. Getting some subwoofers and stuff. I, I didn't do subs, but I got, I actually got a nice pair of speakers that I had to put in the front. And uh, so I buy this, these speakers and I start doing the job and right off the bat, I realized, okay, 23 year old car taking the door panels off, like clips are breaking parts of the <laughs> things because it's an older car and things have yeah. sat a long time in the sun. I'm like, great. Like, what am I going to do? And so I'm super gluing things back together. The job's going okay. And there's some issues here and there, but I'm like, I'm saving money. It's fine. I'll do this. And the worst thing and it luckily it hasn't happened to my car yet so we only have one key for it and the we had a couple of clickers but because it's old the uh the automatic locks and stuff stopped working oh, with the clicker it's the worst so i have to manually lock my car and unlock my car well as i'm working on it and i like stepped away and i'm trying to like work on something outside my car and the wind blew the car door shut i'm like oh dang it and i go and i must have bumped the button when i was working on it like had the door panel off and then pushed something or whatever all the doors were locked. Oh, beautiful. My car was locked. And we spent a whole bunch of time trying to like, you know, get a, Could you a still do the gym in it. We thing? tried. We tried okay. a coat hanger. We were using we were using a, a screwdriver to try and pull the, the, the door panel out enough to get the coat hanger down. And we got it into the door, but we couldn't hit the button. It was it was brutal. So we were spending forever trying to get this. And eventually it was like, we're going to have to break a window. Now, you, you people have, people could say I could have called a locksmith, yeah, yeah. but here's the thing. I live out in the boonies. It would have costed probably $100 or $150 just to get a locksmith out there. Plus whatever their charge was to do the work. And there's no guarantee that a locksmith isn't going to mess your car up. Like they mm-hmm. sometimes they break windows, not okay. because they're trying to, but they're, they, you know, they put the thing in and it happens. You have to sign a thing. It's like, all right, we're going to break a window. So I look on eBay. What's the cheapest window that this car has? And you're going to install the window too? Yep. So okay. uh, it was a little one of the little fly quarter panel window, windows oh, okay, on the okay, side. Okay. And I found one on eBay for $50 with the same tint that my car already has. And I was like, oh, this is perfect. And so I watched a YouTube video. It was like a 15 minute video of how to install it. I'm like, okay, I <laughs> you, can install you this. You definitely are a DIY. Like, yeah. Well, DIY, whatever you do it yourself. You got, and you got to save money when you can. Plus, I had to get, go to work the next day. So I had to get into my car. So I took a hammer and it took quite a few swings because it's that little oh panel. Uh, and uh, so I had to shatter that window, drive for a couple of days while I waited for eBay to send me the, the person I bought it from to send me the window. Uh, but it was crazy because I bought this window and it came within like a few days. I paid $50 for it and it was it was a used window. It was original. It, it says Toyota on it. It's like an actual like somebody yeah. picked up from a, a car. How, how did they pack it? I'm interested. They did a really good did job. Did you float with the, the box? Oh, yeah. Yeah. It was it was really good. Okay. Um, and but it was amazing because I look at this person's store and they're just selling so many car parts. And when we went to eBay open, uh, oh, some of the biggest sellers were the were guys in line. Sellers. Oh yeah. The, I mean, multi-millionaires. Yeah. And, and that's what they do, right? Like they, they basically just flip car parts and it was just really cool. Cause the fact that I could go to eBay as a buyer and buy something that's going to save me a bunch of money. And you know, so if you're not, 
anytime you've got to repair something, check eBay. Whether you got to fix something on a washing machine, fix something on a car, fix something, check eBay because a lot of times you're going to be able to get the part super cheap. But then it's also a reminder as a seller, hey, just because something seems broken and messed up, there are people looking for a specific part inside of that thing that's broken. So don't be afraid to, if you're a little bit mechanically inclined, to open it up, take parts out and say, here's the the something other motor and here's the this and here's the lever. Because I also bought a couple of like pieces of the trimming inside of the car that I had to break when I was prying off. <laughs> and it was all available on eBay, like my exact model, my year. I have the limited edition Toyota 4Runner. And so like the, the coloring on the paneling is a little bit different and they had it and the prices are reasonable. So it's just cool that I could make money on eBay and then I can also use eBay to save me a bunch of money. So... If you have to break a window, installing it's not that hard. You could probably figure it out, but eBay is the place to go to get those parts. You're a brave man. I would have, I would have just called AAA or I would have, yeah, there's no, oh my goodness. Yeah, door panels. I'll never forget. I was at a, at a repair. I was getting something repaired. Oh, they're putting, uh, what were they putting? They're putting, I don't think it was tint on my window, but they're, they're, oh, I I remember now. They, no, they weren't even doing that. They were putting leather on one of my consoles. I was getting the leather redone and they were putting leather on the sidearm of the door. And they did something where they messed with the lock mm. and they shut the door and you couldn't open the door. And literally I was hanging out with this guy for eight hours going like different, like, you know, he had connections. So we'd go to junkyards and junkyards and like, Hey, you got any ideas on this door and so on. And it's just, yeah, I see that. I'm like, nah, I can't, I couldn't do that. Yeah. <laughs> that was not so bad. It was so bad. All right. Well, I, I have a couple of things. First of all, now, you know, I've been selling a lot of collectibles and I'm getting a lot of messages about, do you want to trade? Hmm. It's like Craigslist. Remember when yeah. the, the funniest one in Craigslist is the one like, Hey, uh, I do tattoos. You know, would you, mm. have you gotten that message ever on Craigslist? Oh yeah. Like, I'll give you a tattoo if we can make a deal. You know, it's like, what? No. That's total barter system right there. (laughs) For the tattoo? Like, I mean, no offense to anybody has tattoos. I just myself, that's just not something I I aim for. Like, it's not something I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm going to go get a tattoo. What a deal. Uh, And so I've been getting, you know, somebody's like, hey, I want this uh, Hot Wheels red line and this one. And I, I have three of these over here that I could trade you for that one. Or I've had cards too, where people are like, Hey, uh, I saw, you know, you have some Pokemon items here. Would you be willing to trade for this? I'm like, what? See, that's because you're now you're getting into a hobby hobby. And when you're in a hobby like that, that is very common amongst people. So if you were to go onto like a Facebook group for okay, that okay. hobby, yeah, okay, okay. trades are really big because you know, I've got this, anybody looking for this? Okay. I'll trade you this. And so that's part, I mean, that's what makes, think about something like Pokemon. It is a trading card game. No, I know. I know. I mean, when I was younger, I would trade baseball cards. I Mm. understand that. It's just, it's, I've never been hit as much as in the last month about, Hey, would you be willing to trade it? And I, and I feel bad because you might actually be able to make some money on those trades though. Yeah. But see, I'm not knowledgeable enough. I'm not there. But if they're like, Hey, I'll, I'll trade you these three things. If those three things resell value is higher than what you're selling, it might be worth the trade. I don't know. I maybe, maybe. And then the other one was I had somebody, I think they figured out, I, I know eBay is probably listening and I just doomed this, but you know, if you try to make a deal outside of eBay on the messaging app, you'll get suspended. Right. So whenever I get somebody that says, Hey, call me or text me, I just ignore it. Like the plague. I will not respond. I don't want the algorithm thinking I'm trying to do anything. 
And somebody sent me a picture of their phone number and said, Hey, love your items. Uh, you know, uh, I'm super interested. And then send me a picture of their phone number. I'm like, Oh no, like that, that now maybe the algorithm picking that up, but I left it alone. I didn't mess with it. I, I just, I feel like big brother's watching whenever I get those messages. But if you're new to eBay, please understand that you can have communication after the transaction. So let's say I sold something and then they're like, Hey, uh, you know, even if they say, Hey, can we do a, 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 can we do a local pickup instead of you shipping it? That's fine. Or if like, Hey, do you have any other items and you share with them what you have? That's fine. But if you do that pre-transaction instead of post-transaction, chances are the algorithm will catch you and you'll end up suspended. So be careful with that. <laughs> I, I'm pretty sure this individual does it with everyone, right? If I mean, that's how they get around with it because, you know, obviously they're able to get a better deal because people are willing to deal be, since they're not going to be paying fees or shipping or whatever it is, you know? So anyways, all right. Now, Mike and I have always talked about how sharing that you're a reseller is the best thing you can do. It's very rare that it works against you. And so Mike and I also teach and I don't, I don't go out and publicize, you know, when I'm teaching like, Hey, I'm also pure as a podcast or I sell on eBay. Like I don't do any of that. Actually, my, it's funny. Cause whenever students find us on social media, like, Hey, you never talk about this. It's like, yeah, I, I don't, you know, that's not, it's not for me to say. And I really, I really work hard at what I do when I teach. I love teaching and I, I do spend countless hours I shouldn't be spending just because I always want to make every lesson that I put together to be to have the best impact. And I think a lot of us do that are teachers. And so I had some awesome students over the years, which is sad because I want to have them again, that uh, they're, they, you know, over a conversation over the years, they knew I, I sold stuff on eBay, but I never really talked about it. And then I got a message of like, hey, uh, from one of the parents, hey, I know somebody uh, who is trying to basically offload a lot of a lot of stuff. I heard that, you know, you sell on eBay, uh, you know, you should go, I, I'm, I'm just going to contact them and, and just tell them, I hope you're okay with that. And I said, sure, no problem. And this month of sourcing has been incredible because of that connection that I never intended. So, I mean, a lot of stuff has just basically been given to me, hmm. right? It went from, you know, let's do some consignment, to what are you thinking on this to like, just, just take it. Oh, you want this? Just take it. Just take it here. You should just, you know, I know you don't sell this, but you just try it out. And it's been, wow. Then I'm so grateful. I, I don't, I, I feel guilt. Like I, I keep saying, are you sure? Are you sure? And, and they've just been such a, such a blessing to me over and over and over again. And so I share this. Because you just, you never know. You never know that conversation, the conversation you're having with somebody that, hey, I sell on eBay or I'm a reseller. Like that might come back to you a year later, two years later, three years later. And again, it's also the principle of, and you know, some people call it, call it karma. I call it providential. But when you are being good to others, usually it comes back to you some, in some form or fashion. Not always. It's not guaranteed. But I, I, that was never my intention. My never, I, I mean, I could have gone 30 years without sourcing this stuff and I would have been happy because I, I loved what I was doing. 
but in the end it ended up coming through still you know in a way i never it never thought possible and you know always be willing to share and i'm not saying if you're a teacher like start out your day like hey everyone my name is so and so and i teach this and i also sell on ebay i'm not saying do that but if if you're in the workplace mike and i have talked about when you know i was he was working with me and we were both teaching at the same place how people would bring me shipping boxes right or people would give me leads on stuff uh, i've i've shared before how i've had you know, people at church that, you know, we're just in conversation, talk about something and somebody's like, hey, you know what? I know somebody that, you know, they're they have a bunch of stuff in their garage and they're trying to make space. Do you want to go check it out? I can't tell you how many opportunities. And Mike has had a lot of opportunities just from sharing that that has come up. So don't look at reselling as something I should never talk about. I, I think you should. It's 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 actually less stigmatizing. I don't know. Do you think it's less stigmatizing than than it was a few years ago? Yeah, probably. I think so. I'd imagine, especially the younger generation, I think a lot of people understand they've seen enough things on social media of people flipping stuff or going to thrift stores. Uh, and I think a lot of people actually think it's kind of cool, especially when you can talk about, yeah, I, I sell things on eBay. They're usually like, oh, yeah, like what kind of stuff? So you can give them one of your couple of your like big flips of like mm. unique items. And they're like, man, that's so amazing. And they usually have a story of, you know, I had that as a kid or I had something like that or or I, I bought something at a, th a garage sale one time and it was so most people have something, some way of connecting with it. Uh, I think it would have to be a pretty hoity toity person to be like, that's disgusting. <laughs> well, I used to get the whole you peasant. Are you OK, Orlando? Like, have you well, found, you say you do have, have you found yeah. work? <laughs> like, I mean, I remember I remember having those awkward conversations. Now it's year five and those I don't have that, that many of those yeah. conversations. I think it sounds more like a, a fun hobby than it sounds like a career. Yeah. So people still might kind of think like, wait, you do that full time. But uh, I think there's also a little bit of jealousy that some people might have of like, wait, you 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 make your own schedule. Oh, but it's, you do br it's brutal. Yeah. It's brutal. No one should. There's be no way that can work. Selling. You know, there is no. It's all active. All right, hey. So something that is also uh, a thing that we really enjoy is American Bowl Boy, and so we've gotten a lot of great bowl wrap over the over the last few months. I just I keep having to order because I keep selling collectibles and. I'm grateful that's a good problem to have. It is a good problem to have, but it, you know, you still, you're like, Ooh, another 40 bucks on bubble wrap, you know, but it is the best deal out there. And again, my favorite one is the four foot tall, 750 square feet, a bubble wrap for 39.99, a free two day shipping the next day if you're close enough and local pickup. And actually some of you have said there's actually local pickup in my town. Mm -hmm. So, so check them out. Americanbowlboy.com. Uh, go to the link below. Uh, just, you know, let them know that we sent you helps us out a little bit, kicks back a little bit and helps them out. So again, I don't think you will find a better deal in bubble wrap when you combine the quality and the shipping. If you do, let us know in the comments. I like to know, but it's, it's for us, Americanbowlboy.com is it yeah. all right hey if you haven't been following us on social media we are peers of podcast on instagram facebook and tiktok we're also on twitter as pure hustle cast uh, you can always give us a call at 619-738-1170 that's 619-738-1170 or shoot us an email at pure as a podcast at gmail.com that's pure as a podcast at gmail.com and if you've just been listening to us and you just wonder what do these guys look like are these buff brawny guys or are they you know, these, these, these chumps, uh, <laughs> come on over to YouTube and check us out. Uh, we're Pierce the podcast. Uh, follow us there, uh, sub to us 
hit the like button. Everyone right now, hit the like button and then make sure to hit that bell notification whenever we drop uh, our mini sods or any other video. And as always, thank you for all the iTunes reviews. Uh, definitely helpful. Uh, always helps uh, counterbalance because we always get some, uh, well, you know, people are just disgruntled instead of just not listening to us anymore. They just rather just say something mean and whatever it is, what it is. But uh always appreciate the positive feedback. So thank you to all of you that have done that. Yeah. All right. Are we ready? Got a lot to talk about. eBay selling live is coming soon. Retailers are paying customers to keep unwanted items. Goodwill has their own platform for resellers to sell and the latest thread up report. All of this and more. Orlando, take it away. We had mentioned this a few months ago, how eBay on their report to, you know, individuals that own stocks was saying that they're going to go with live auction. Right. And obviously I think whatnot played a huge role in this where they eventually saw that, Hey, we may be behind because eBay is really trying to get into the collectibles market. You have eBay vault uh, that's coming out. That's basically where, you know, you have collectibles in a vault and you buy and sell and, no one actually touches the merchandise, which, you know, it's to me, it's an interesting concept. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, they've been huge on the re- sneaker reselling game. And so now they're trying to up it. And so uh, this is from The Verge. It says eBay is combining online and real world auction experience with this newly launched eBay live platform where people can chat and react to sellers through live stream video and buy their products. The service is currently in beta release and will launch with highly coveted and rare trading card offerings like a 1998 Kobe Bryant Skybox that's Jam PSA 10 from eBay seller Bluegrid Trading starting on June 22nd at 3 p.m. Eastern. The event will be hosted live by avid collector DJ Ski <laughs> and interested buyers uh, can join uh, via the eBay app. And so uh, here's some uh, from the VP of collectibles at eBay. Don Block said, as the collector community grows, we're offering a new life platform that combines an engaging environment with incredible ease, allowing our community to come together over shared interest and merchandise. So it's, it's definitely, it's slowly rolling. It's funny because the moment I, I brought this up on, on social media, people were like, yep, we'll probably see this happen in three years. Like that was that was the first comments. We'll, we'll get it when we have instant payment. Oh yeah, that was the thing. That was, that was the main one. And I'm excited. I do think you know I had titled it on on social like the whatnot killer, and uh, it. I think it all depends on how long eBay takes to roll it out. Right. I mean, I, what are your thoughts? I mean, I don't know. It's it's tough because. I'm a big proponent of eBay sticking to what eBay does well, which is the used and collectible market instead of trying to move into the new. Uh, I didn't like when they were trying to push, basically trying to become like an alternative to Amazon. I remember like, that. That is, that is, that's a different field. It's, you don't want to take on that giant. Like you're not going to succeed there. Now that not to say that there aren't good new things you can get on eBay, but that's not going to be the place people are turning to the way they do for Amazon. However, eBay is a big name when it comes to used and collectible things. And so I think that if they can do it right, I think people would would jump on it. I mean, I think people would like the idea of being able to buy things live. Um, they'd have to do it well. They'd have to do it right. And um, I don't know if eBay has shown over the years that they understand the social aspect of like when I say that, I mean like social media, like the way Poshmark and whatnot and all these other platforms have kind of tried to do and they seem to be in that space a little bit better now it's possible that what ebay can do is look at all that and say let's take the best of those things and let's let's put it here and let's do it right 
um, I haven't seen, I don't have enough faith in eBay to say like, Hey, like they, they've shown that they're cutting edge and that they can do this well quickly. However, they do have the name recognition for being the used marketplace. And so if they can do this right, I do think it would be extremely beneficial. Um, I don't know. It, it might be a gimmick. It might be one of those things that like some people will do and it kind of dies out because I can't imagine everybody in every niche. But if there's going to be certain niches that are are going to do really, really well with this type of selling. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I know people who, for instance, that buy like baseball cards mm-hmm. and they do auctions and they're like, they love the auctions that are that's like a one day auction and they're bidding the whole time. They're waiting to the last couple of minutes and they would gladly, if they knew that there's a, a seller who sells baseball cards, would just sit all day and watch that person and be like, oh, here's the next one. And it's mm-hmm. going to be done in like a minute and they'd be, they'd be into that. So I definitely think there's going to be people who will do well with this. Um, I think it will be, it can, it can be done right, but it's just going to depend. Can eBay do it right quickly enough that it doesn't become the competitor to a bigger group. You know what I'm saying? Like we don't want eBay to be the competitor to whatnot. We want whatnot to be the competitor to eBay. Ah, I get that. So, so I have, I'm kind of ambivalent to it. I, I thought I was going to be super excited at first. And then I just started thinking it through and, and here's my reason. So uh, on the side that I'm not looking forward to is there's, there's, it's going to be, it's going to be tough. And, and the reason it's going to be tough, it's, I, I hope, I'm pretty sure they thought this through, but you know, since they changed the page views, right. Things have changed a lot as far as, you know, you don't get as many views as possible. And the more views you get on something and it doesn't sell the worse it is for you. Right. So this is one of the reasons why Mike and I don't share our stores publicly, because, you know, if we get a lot of people that go to our stores and they just they find something that we got at a garage sale and we list it high and they just want to know if it sells. And there's, you know, I don't know, 40 watchers, but it doesn't sell. That's really going to kick us down the algorithm. And we don't want that. And so if you run these these live auctions and then you have people that are constantly looking at your stuff and watching your stuff. And let's say you don't ever put it on auction. Is that going to work against you? So I'm sure eBay has, has thought that, Hey, you know, I thought about that. Uh, the other thing is, uh, what not the reason why not is successful. And we have a mini. So dropping on Monday about how to be successful on whatnot is what not very much depends. And eBay knows this. this is why they're doing their first beta one with, you know, popularity. They're not just saying, Hey, Joe Schmo here that has 10,000 sales, uh, is doing a live auction. You don't know who they are, but you should be there, right? They're putting out names uh, and they're name dropping. And and that's the thing with eBay is the fact that, you know, you have a lot of big sellers on there, but a lot of those big sellers don't ever care to go live, mm-hmm. right? And so is it going to be just, it's just going to be another whatnot, right? Is, it, is, is social media. Now, I do think that eBay has been in this direction already, Cause if you notice, you know, in the last year they've done things like they show how many items you've sold on your storefront, right? They're very big about branding yourself. Uh, they're, they're huge about, you know, sending out newsletters and, and coupons and, and basically you're not just marketing your items, you're marketing your store. And so maybe this is the direction that eBay is pivoting. Uh, you know, I do think there's value in them waiting a little bit and doing some research as long as they do not have analysis paralysis, and they don't move forward on certain things. Now, the positive side. The positive side is that whatnot is a ton of work, 
right? Whatnot, you can't even right now, if you have pictures in your camera roll, you can't use those to upload. You have to use the Whatnot app to take pictures, which takes a lot of time. And so, because most people are taking stuff that they have on eBay, right? And they're they're taking pictures. And a lot of people aren't even doing pictures on Whatnot because they're sourcing this stuff at the bins and they don't want to spend the time and they just don't take pictures. And, and since they're selling things at a low cost, it, it doesn't matter to them. But I do think, you know, a lot of us have a lot of uh, followers already on our eBay stores. And so people that are follow on the eBay stores outside of us, because I think a lot of us have followers because of the podcast, but a lot of people have followers just because of what they sell. I think that's going to provide more consistent buyer than on whatnot, right? Because the popularity of whatnot is not based on the popularity of the items is based on the popularity of the personalities. That's just, that's my opinion on that. The other thing is it'll be nice because when you sell stuff on eBay, it automatically will probably get pulled. You're not going to have to go through your inventory and figure out what didn't sell, what did sell. And also eBay has uh, a lot of more consistent, um, I would say discounts on shipping. You have a lot more freedom. Now, whatnot does have, you know, a great subsidized model right now, but just like every platform, that subsidized model will go away. It went away with Mercari. It went away with Poshmark. And I think it's going to go eventually away uh, with whatnot. And so, I, I don't know, you know, e eBay, I think it's going to be a great thing. I'm just, I'm interested in how it's going to turn out. I, I'm not here to say it's going to be the one not killer, but eBay is the game. There is no secondary platform that comes close. Not Mercari, not Poshmark, not Depop, not even close to where eBay is at. Uh, and so I don't, and, and then eBay is actually, I see them gaining traction uh, on TikTok all the time. There's, uh, you know, most of the TikTok stuff I see, and obviously the algorithm, the algorithm feeds me. Yeah. I know the algorithm feeds me, but you know, um, I do have another non reselling account where I purposely do that because I, I, you know, it, I, I just, I don't want to see reselling stuff. I want to, you know, whether it be about politics or it be pop culture. And then I keep getting like eBay stuff here and there, you know, not as much as whatnot, whatnot, their advertising is insane. Hmm. They're all over YouTube. They're all over TikTok. Uh, but it'll be interesting. We'll see what happens. Now, this other news story here is interesting. Uh, and we already do some of this on eBay and Amazon where retailers are like, ah, if you got to return it, just keep it. We'll just refund you. Now, do you think this is going to eventually move on over to reselling? Right? Because whatever happens in retail, whether it be free returns, free 30-day returns, fast shipping, all that stuff eventually ends up in the reselling market. Um, it, it could. I don't think it will in the same sense because, for instance, everybody who's buying an item off of Amazon or retailer, they're for the most part expecting free or very cheap shipping and fast shipping. Everybody's buying. Now, of those people doing returns, you know, there's going to be or of the people who bought things, only a handful of those are going to be returned items. So maybe out of every hundred items, people buy 10% of those are returns. So far fewer people are experiencing returns. Mm. Those people doing returns, they want free or easy returns. So that made it into, into the selling. Now, of those, let's say 10% of the sales that are returns, maybe another 10%, it's cheaper for the store to just say keep it than for us to deal with the yeah, process. It's a margin back. thing, right? Yeah. So it's it's only so yeah. So for them, if it's like, hey, if we have to pay the shipping back plus the amount of time we're gonna have to process it, and then we're only gonna be able to sell it again if it's perfectly brand new and even then maybe not and it's going to end up being used we're going to trash it maybe it is cheaper for us just to have them keep it but that's not going to be every item that's going to be maybe 10 percent of the 
of the items that are being returned. So I, I, I see it getting a smaller and smaller percentage of people who are saying, hey, every time I buy something on Amazon, there's they're letting me keep it if I ask for a return. And they can only do that a couple of times before Amazon's like, oh, I'm sorry, we're, you're using this on your account yeah, yeah. or Target or whatever it is. And so I don't think it's going to become so norm because that's happened to me on Amazon. I've, I've, I've bought something mm -hmm. and it's gotten shipped to me. And they ship me the wrong thing. And I'm like, hey, you shipped me the wrong thing. Uh, this is not what I ordered. And they're like, that's fine. We'll send you the right thing. Just keep what you have. Yeah. And I'm, I, I never, even though that's happened to me a couple of times, I'm not like, oh, I should buy things knowing that I, if I set up a return, I'm going to be able to keep it. So I, I think it's going to be, I don't think it's going to become the norm. I think people are going to experience it, but I don't think it's going to be like, hey, every time I buy something and try and do a return, I get to keep it. So I get free stuff. Therefore, I should expect that from every platform. So I don't think it's going to have the same impact uh, for every platform the way something like free shipping, because then everybody who buys something expects free shipping. Not everybody who's returning something expects to be able to keep it. Now, I will say this is something you need to be aware of if you're selling low value items. And we'll we're, we're going to talk about this in our next episode about how reselling has changed. But due to the rising cost of shipping, it may be the thing for a lot of you that sell low price items to just eat the cost, eat the cost just don't do the return because the amount it cost, I mean, think about first class is almost like $7 at, at the, you know, at the 16 ounce that eBay allows. And if your item is a $7 item or a $10 item and you pay, you know, you offered free shipping, you shipped it out. I, it just, even, even if you didn't, even if you charged, let's say you charged the $4 shipping and it got some and they didn't want it. And then they want to return it. It's just, it's not worth it. Just might as well just refund it. So you, you have to think about that. Uh, you know, these big companies are thinking about that. You know, they had mentioned this is uh, from Fox News. They said uh, some retailers uh, chains are considering paying customers to keep their unwanted items instead of returning them as storage struggle with holding on too much inventory. Target, Walmart, Gap, American Eagle and other major retailers have too much inventory of workout clothes, jackets, hoodies, garden furniture and toys. Well, garden furniture, you imagine? Like, I need a new patio. Um, among other products and are burdened with the cost of storing the items. The large number of items, not including return items, has created an inventory surplus. So I think it applies to the big box stores because obviously they have the money as resellers. Probably not, but it's something to think about if you have, uh, you know, you're selling cheaper items. Now, this next one, this next one's a tricky uh, topic we're going to talk about here. So the store that shall not be named dun, Goodwill. Dun, dun. <laughs> this is just adding more to, uh, you know, how people do not like it. They, I guess now, I, you know, um, this came from bitsitch.com. Uh, and I, they, um, they on social media had mentioned this and, and I had, you know, I, I looked at this and I thought, okay, how much, you know, how much is going on with the story? And so I did a little digging and it was basically that Goodwill has created their own reselling platform and it's called the Worn It Not Wasted. And I thought, you know, this is kind of weird. Don't they already have shopgoodwill.com, right? But this is going to be a platform for resellers to sell via Goodwill. But here's the catch. I don't believe this is a nationwide thing. now. This has been in the works for a while. So I looked up their, uh, their application, uh, to trademark their, their, uh, their title war not wasted. And so this was a, this application was done on Monday, March 16, 2020. So this has been in the works for about two years now. Okay. But it's only in Florida. So in Florida, 
the Goldstream Goodwill or whatever, they're having events where they're trying to pull people in and they want to teach them how to resell and you get like a free gift card and so on. They're trying to make their own eBay. They are trying to make their own eBay and they're starting small. And if you go to their website, they have a whole manual and, you know, 10% fees and they talk to you about shipping and, you know, it's, it's, it, I think it's kind of well done. So it's almost like they're saying, I wonder if they're targeting like big resellers, like to try and make the eBay thing, or if they're targeting people who would maybe donate something to Goodwill and basically saying, Hey, instead of us processing this and trying to sell it, yeah, maybe they have a surplus. Why don't you, know? you sell the stuff yourself? And uh, we'll just take 10% of it. Yeah. I, and I don't know how I feel about that. Yeah. You know, I already have a, not a, not a so great view about the company. And, and now, now there's this, uh, but they, I mean, they, it's pretty streamlined from what it seems, uh, whether it's going to catch any kind of traction like eBay. And I would say even any kind of traction like Depop or any of those sort of, I don't see that happening, but, uh, yeah, I just I thought this was interesting. Yeah, I don't think it's a great. I mean, it's a cool name. Like it's almost like a cool uh, like what a uh, slogan, but not like a name. Like yeah, I sell on war not wasted. <laughs> but I like yeah, it's not like I sell on but Depop. That, but that's or like yeah, that's yeah. like a clever name. Like yeah, this is worn not wasted. Like that's a cool slogan. Like if if that was like Poshmark, Poshmark worn not wasted. But but like as the name of the company, like. That alone tells me this is not going to take. Traction. I wonder if they're going to. I'm a war not wasted seller. I, I wonder if they're going to pull like an Amazon, where you know, the biggest issue then right now Amazon's legal trouble. This is that Amazon takes the data from people that sell on on Amazon, and then they use it to their advantage to source those items, right, and to undercut the people that are selling. Yeah. And could this be a vehicle? Where, they know, right, they start to know which brands they have now. All the the yeah, the, they know their best sellers. You know, you know, and then the they shipping, just all their that employees yeah. in the back. Like, all right, these are now the brands we're looking for. These are what's selling hot on uh, War Not Wasted. So Trade don't market. fall for it. Don't fall for it. Don't go. Oh, it's more eyes. It's another platform. Like I could see that. Now, granted, this is small. I don't think this is nationwide. I don't think it's that big. I mean, obviously they have their own website, but yeah, imagine that's like, that's genius. Yeah. But my like 11 year old cousin has their own website. Like that doesn't mean anything. <laughs> okay. Yeah. But this is a multi-billion billion dollar company. I don't know. They make a lot of money. They make a lot of money. So, okay. All right. And the last thing, uh, so this thread up report came out a little bit ago. I just want to highlight something. So thread up has some great reports on, on reselling. Uh, and so I just wanted to share something. I haven't shared this at all yet, right? Uh, I don't think so. It came out in March. Uh, but, you know, reselling is expected to grow by 127% by 2026. Uh, the U.S., uh, the North, in North American market, including Canada, is expected to grow eight times, okay, over, over the next few years. So, again, and this is factoring, you know, everything that we're going through, right? Uh, recession, inflation, you know. <laughs> mild depression, whatever you want to call it. Uh, and so there's no stopping the secondary market. And it's interesting. Some of the things they mentioned, they said uh, technology and online marketplaces are driving the growth of the U.S. secondhand market. 50% of total secondhand dollars will come from online resale by 2024. Right. So if you think about what we talked about a couple episodes ago about how thrift stores became really popular during the last recession, it may be online platforms that become the popular thing. Mm. 
right? Where people are going to save, want to save money on gas. They don't want to deal with the lines or the people and they just go online to buy things because they get a better deal. And so this is a uh, super encouraging, yeah. right? This tells me I need to go out there. I need a source. I need to keep listing. They said 70% of consumers say it's easier to shop secondhand than it was five years ago. Thanks to the emergence of technology and online marketplaces. This was, here's another interesting set. Um, when it comes to like who's buying and who's not buying, let me get to it real quick. It, they break it down by generation. So they said, uh, 41%, 41% of consumers say when they shop for apparel, secondhand is the first place they look. That's awesome. 62% of Gen Z and millennials say they look for an item secondhand before purchasing it new. Are you, you're, you're a millennial, right? Yeah. Okay. I'm Gen but, X. That's how old I am. So I wonder how much, I mean, I'm sure that this is. You're looking at the true. polling data, like what was their sample size? Well, not just sample size, but I'm thinking like, what were the questions too? Because a lot of times, like if people are, if a lot of the questions have to do with like sustainability and things like that, then anybody would maybe say like, okay, are you willing to, do you typically look for secondhand before you go new? And if you're trying to like, please, the I'm pretty sure like, they had people that knew not to guide the answer. Well, maybe, maybe then, okay. So even if the pollster is not trying to guide the answer, but like if the, if the, the politically correct thing is like, yeah, I'm everything I do is for the environment. I always recycle this and I always do, even if they don't, you know, they're going to maybe want to say they do like, of course I'd look for used before I buy new things. I just don't know how many really do. Cause like, I, I just look at, look at maybe your high school students. Right. Um, and once they get out of high school and they're buying clothes, I still imagine they're going to get mall brand new clothes as much as they can. I don't think, I don't see them. Really? I know. No way. Like mo and now granted, I only teach, you know, like 50, 60 kids. I, I don't teach like at a school school, but no, like it's, it's thrifting. Hmm. Interesting. It's, it's like, and it's funny cause I've talked with them. I'm like, those some cool doc Martins are like, oh yeah, I go to this thrift. I go to this resale shop and they paid like 70 for something they could have, you know, like hmm. instead of buying something brand new, they, they bought that vintage pair of docs. So I don't know. I mean, it'd be yeah. interesting, I, but that's what I see. And now they did include some uh, items based on the, you know, the current economic uh, climate. Uh, consumers are spending less on apparel as you feel the squeeze of inflation. Top five categories of consumers are noticing price increases. Uh, I'm just going to, obviously we know groceries, gas and all that, but they said number five is apparel. Uh, and they said 44% uh, of consumers say they're cutting back spending on apparel more than any other category except restaurants. 34% of Gen Z say they're cutting back spending on apparel more than on any other category. And so <clears throat> then they said adding to that 80% of consumers say they're buying the same or more secondhand apparel items uh, versus 49% of consumers who say they're buying the same or more apparel items overall. So there's a whole bunch. You can check out the the um, the thread up uh, report for 2022. Uh, but I I I do feel like I'm I'm encouraged. I'm encouraged. I know we've been a lot of doom and gloom about recession, but I think when it comes to reselling, I I think there's going to be major opportunity in the next couple of years. And and we'll find out. You'll hear us on the podcast and say, yeah, I'm glad we're right called or wrong, it, or yeah. <laughs> we were terribly wrong. So. All right, that's our reselling topics, and now it's now now what everybody has skipped on the YouTube to listen to. Bolo, 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 bolo. What's your bolo? Yeah. 
All right. So my bolo is uh, it's a weird one, um, but this is one of the things that we found while we were at the thrift store. So you know how they have like, and I'm not sure if it's exactly stained glass. I need to do more research, but we found a couple of boxes and they were open, but they had all of the pieces in them of like window paint, but not like regular, just like they have like window art paint that you can do and wipe off, but like stain and they, okay. they come in bottles. And so it's like, I think for doing like stained glass art type things and there's paint that you use for that, that like stains it. Okay. And the, we, we got these boxes and they were only like $10 each and each box had like 30 things of paint plus instructions plus, wow. uh, you know, different kit brushes and other tools and stuff in it. And we're like, Oh man, like one, we have to check if they're complete. If there's something missing out of it, then we got to sell it differently. But then we're looking up each of the bottles and the bottles of paint themselves are selling for like sometimes five to 10 bucks for one little bottle. And there's like 20, 30 bottles in each I've one. I've never heard each. of this before. So yeah. So anyways, I bring that up because it's one of those things that if you're walking in a thrift store and you go by the craft section, you might not think to look at like paints like that. We've talked about like mm -hmm. spray paints, other types mm -hmm. of paints. But if you see stained glass paints, especially if it's like the older stuff that people are looking for a specific color, Hey, I'm, you know, I did this kit and I ran out of this color and I want to make this window match this window or this mm -hmm. art piece match this art piece. And so I need this color. So yeah, check it out. I mean, there was definitely profit. I was surprised how much money these things were going for. Maybe I just got lucky with how cheap I picked up these boxes, but I've never looked for this type of stuff before. So now I'm going to be on the lookout for it uh, because it, it sells, it sells pretty good. Oh, and, nice. and, and a fast turnover. If you look on, if you look at the, the eBay, uh, like sold, they're selling like every day. Sell through. Yeah. Sell through is good. So I finally came across one and I, I haven't mentioned this before on the podcast, but Halliburton cases. Now, when you think of Halliburton, I don't know how, you know, if you remember, but Halliburton, I think about like the war in Iraq, Dick Cheney, like all that stuff, uh, from the early 2000s, but Halliburton cases. So generally, you know, uh, individuals that worked, uh, in, uh, aerodynamics or aviation or so on, and they can go for good money used. So I just picked one up as part of my huge haul that I had. And, you know, on average, they sell for a hundred plus easily. And it all depends on which one you have. Obviously you need to know the code, by the way, I learned this lesson the hard way. When I got it, you know, I'm looking at it and it was already opened. Mm. And then I just, I messed with the combo and I'm like, I asked the guy, I'm like, Hey, so how do you, uh, how do you know what the combo is? And as, as soon as he's giving me the answer, I shut it. He's like, uh, by not changing the numbers. And so I changed it and I'm like, no. And you know, there's a thousand combinations, right? From zero, 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 all the way to nine, nine, nine. No. So I did. I went. I kept going up and up and up and up and you up. You went through all. Yeah, of them? and I got to. I got to the number and I got it in fifteen minutes. Oh my gosh! <laughs> well, then that tells me that's not a very secure case. Well, hey, if I'm ever in a Mission Impossible moment, you need four. I know you, what I'm you doing. You need four numbers. Three numbers is not enough. So, anyways, but they are bolo. If you take a look, uh, so let's. I'm looking at the listed. Let's look at the sold. I mean, these, these sell pretty consistently and they sell for good money. I'm looking at used ones. Okay. Uh, 200, 200 bucks, 125. Uh, some of the smaller cases go for like 80, uh, but they're consistent sellers, 150, 125. And so if you get them for cheap, I mean, there's some that are selling for even bigger money. So 
$200. And these are all used $400 for a new one, $270. Uh, and basically, if you can get them with the foam inside mm. intact, you can sell it for more. Mine, the foam, I'm going to have to toss out, but it's still going to sell well. So keep an eye out for Halliburton uh, frozen cases. Nice. So, all right, man. What are you looking forward to? Uh, so previously on the podcast, I had talked about, you know, moving, hoping to move soon. And I've committed to at least another school year here in San Diego, just kind of how it worked out. And however, things are still moving towards a move. And with that, plus other life changes, it's really pushing me to up my reselling game, okay. to want to list more, to want to sell more, and to really kind of clear out my my resale shed to basically try and sell through all of the cheap stuff that I have, all of the bulky stuff that I have to list all my death piles, uh, to maybe do a few, uh, a few swap meets here pretty soon okay. to unload some of my unwanted stuff and then be very careful with what I'm sourcing. Cause if I'm doing a big, almost cross country move, I don't want to be stuck moving a bunch of junk. Mm. So what I'd want to do is I want to get, I want to sell through as much as I can but I still need to keep sourcing and, and selling because I don't want to basically just have my store put on pause for several months while mm. I've sold everything. So I still need to source, but I just need to be more careful with what I'm sourcing. Is what I'm sourcing something that's either one, going to sell quickly, two, be worth and be easy to pack and move. And and so that's kind of where I'm at right now. Uh, so that's kind of what I'm looking forward to is just being careful with my sourcing and then really getting a lot of stuff listed and offloaded so that I'm not stuck moving a bunch of cheap, junk that's like man by the time i i calculate the the gas price and time that i spent packing and moving this stuff i, I should have just thrown it away so i want to get rid of it as soon as possible get as much capital as i can build up that inventory or build up that uh that capital in my bank account that way when i do get to where i'm going i've got that big fat bank account that i could start sourcing again and i don't have to be as careful as i'm being right now yeah it's funny you uh remind me of i dream for the day that i'll get bought out uh, and my store is not going to get bought out. Usually people that, you know, like a uh, Cincinnati picker, I think just, you know, he got bought out, but he only has like 600 active listings or not even that, like maybe four to 500. Right. I have over 3000. Right. And so hey, if you want to get started on reselling, you want to buy uh, Orlando out. Oh, yeah, out but there's, no, there's no way there's no one's going to pay the amount that I want. So, okay. but it, the reason I say know. that is because with the knowledge I have now, imagine just sourcing, yeah, starting over, starting over with the knowledge you have now. Yeah. Right. Because I have a lot of stuff I wish I never sourced, you know. So. All right. Um, what am I looking forward to? I am actually going on a little vacation here. So uh, this is why we're recording so early in the morning. Uh, I, I just, I'm looking to getting away, but before I do that, I do need a list a ton. I'm going to send out coupons. Uh, I, you know, I'm, I'm kind of concerned because when I went on vacation back in April, I put my store on, on, you know, vacation mode or whatever on the new mode and, uh, yeah, sales, sales dropped and it was a time I didn't need the sales to drop. Mm -hmm. And so I'm contemplating whether to put on vacation mode or go the old school method and just change my handling time. I, I don't know what I'm going to do. Uh, but uh, yeah, I'm just looking forward to getting away. Uh, I've been working hard for a good month, just listening like crazy, sourcing like crazy. Uh, and, you know, it's an interesting time. My my rent's gone up because, you know, inflation and everything. And so I have to make more money now to stay where I'm at. And so you know, power bills. I'm sure it's everybody. My power bill's gone up. My gasoline bill's gone up. 
groceries. I mean, everything's gone up. So I kind of, I struggled going on this trip. I last second made the decision that, hey, my kids are only going to be a certain age for so long. And I just need to bite the bullet and just make it happen. Uh, but I'm also going to have to continue making it happen reselling. So there are no options. You got to make it or you got to make it. So we end with that. Thank you for tuning in. Appreciate all of you for catching us at four in the morning. And with that being said, make sure to be real. Be relevant. And be reselling. Lates. Peace.